Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation podcast. Hello and welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation, where our experts bring you fresh ideas and new perspectives on how consumers eat, drink, shop, groom and think. I'm Matthew Crabb, Director of Trends in Asia Pacific here at Mintel. Today I'm joined by Laurie in Shanghai, Hua Jun in Seoul and Reiko in Tokyo to discuss what's trending in new beauty ingredients in North Asia Pacific and perhaps find out what our analysts think will be the big new trending ingredient in beauty in the months to come. So to get us started, can I ask you all to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your role at Mintel. Uh, Laurie, do you want to go first? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Laurie. I'm based in Shanghai. Uh, my, I'm the senior analyst for uh, beauty and personal care platform. Now I'm taking the China-related content in BPC platform. Before joining Mintel, I was in the roles of consumer insights and a sensory evaluation in beauty industry. Thanks, Laurie. Uh, Hua Jun, would you like to go next? Hello, I'm Hua Jun, located in Seoul. Uh, my background is R&D. Uh, I was a formulation scientist for 15 years and now work as beauty and personal care analyst at Mintel. Great. Thanks, Hua Jun. And Reiko. Hi, I'm Reiko. I'm Intel's beauty and personal care analyst based in Tokyo. I'm responsible for analyzing and providing insights on trends in the Japanese beauty market. I'm a skincare enthusiast and former fashion addict. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Right. So first question, consumers in North APAC seem to be getting very technical in the ingredients they are searching for. Perhaps you can explain to us why this is, what's driving this behavior and where they're getting their information from uh, who'd like to go first uh, I think I can go so uh, in general uh, we can say that uh, South Korean consumers are well educated in beauty product and its ingredient uh, I think that one of the reasons would be uh, some safety issues in South Korean beauty and personal care business on few years ago uh, for example the chemical concerns like paraben formaldehyde phthalate were kind of huge issue in South Korea. And uh, those safety issues let South Korean consumer have more interest on ingredient safety in beauty product and can more knowledge about ingredient uh, year by year. And uh, regarding the information sources, I'll say that the mobile beauty uh, applications are common sources for ingredient in South Korea. Uh, one of the famous mobile applicators are called Hwahe. Uh, that provide ingredient safety information based on uh, environmental working group, EWG. And uh, the other information sources, uh, I can say that would be uh, influencers, influencers in YouTube and blogs, uh, some beauty influencers, influencers actually talking about beauty product with its uh, ingredient information. So talking about influencers, is South Korea influencing uh, China and Japan in the same way? Laurie, Reiko. Yeah, I think I should answer the question first. <laughs> that being, uh, then I will talk about the, the, the influence from South Korea. <laughs> Uh, so I think when it comes to the, the, the ingredient thing, I think in China is quite similar. I think the safety concern is the priority. 
yeah, that's why consumers, they care more about ingredients nowadays. So they really care about what's, what kind of things they have applied to their skin. So that's their safety concern. I think another reason is efficacy expectations. So consumers, they are really looking for something more than just being safe. You know, the products need to carry specific benefits. So uh, the, the benefits consumers, they are seeking like the efficacy, including uh, diversified efficacies, including anti-aging, skin brightening, etc. So I think that's uh, some that that's some of the reasons behind. And I think there are some there are uh, uh, also some micro uh, point of view uh, to explain the the change because uh, uh, I think that should be the growing or the rising of young generations in China. They are kind of a digital natives. So they are really enthusiastic to seek the information and have discussion with their peers on internet. So in China, we have different sources like uh, SNS platform and uh, WeChat public account and also some knowledge sharing websites. And uh, uh, just now, uh, Huaji mentioned about Huaihei. In China, we have a similar app. It's called Beauty Evolution. So consumers, they can seek some information related to ingredients there. Yeah. I think that's the that's basically the thing in China. Excellent, thank you, there, Laurie. Um, Reiko, what's the situation in Japan? I think the situation is quite similar in Japan too, and the behavior is driven by safety issues. But it's also because many consumers are suffering from sensitive skin, and if you have sensitive skin, you tend to want to know more about the ingredients you need to avoid. And besides that, there is also a growing interest in sustainability because a lot of brands are raising awareness. So more consumers are keen to learn more about natural ingredients, where they came from, where they were grown, and how the products are produced. And I would also say Japanese consumers are ingredients savvy in general too because Japanese brands have been quite good at telling the story that makes information much more memorable. So in a, in a way, brands have been educating the consumers about the ingredients and their benefits for a long time. And in terms of sources, um, brands are still a lead information source for many consumers today, but nearly 70% of young women collect information that goes beyond the control of manufacturers and retailers. So they will check websites like at Cosme for general information, but they will also use apps like Lips to check reviews and real voices from people who have actually used the products. Interesting. So they're looking for information, um, but is it true that consumers are looking for more scientific proof than before uh, in terms of the information that they're looking for? And, and what kind of proof is it that they're looking for? What do they need to know that works for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think yeah, it, it is true that Chinese consumers they are looking for more scientific proof than before because that, like what I've mentioned about the growing of uh, new uh, younger generations. So and I think uh, actually in, in in China they are they are seeking like very diversified indicators to prove that the products is would would work for them. So they are seeking like the benefits. Yeah. Uh, so what kind of benefits the ingredients are carrying so they know what kind of uh, thing will take effect on their skin and also they need to know the they're also interested to know the concentration level like what works best and uh, what what level will 
bring no irritation to their skin and also they would like to know the pairing between different ingredients so that will make it to maximize the active ingredients and and in addition to that there are other indicators like the suppliers or the R&D background or even like the patent technology and so just now I was uh, I, I was checking about the summer result uh, survey results uh, we have like 43 uh, consumers they consider that the use of patented ingredients are important factors when they are choosing uh, facial skincare products so I will say that it is uh, sure that consumers they're looking for more scientific uh, proof than before that's really interesting so they're looking all the way back to even patents so be uh they originally research yeah. uh yeah 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 quite a lot of yeah like 43 percent of them said so that's 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 very interesting and and are there any particular sources of information they feel are more uh believable or, or um more authoritative than others yeah we have uh, uh in our uh, consumer survey we also asked about the like the experienced experts or like the advanced technology these are all some uh, very important factors they will consider right uh, what's the situation uh, in south korea and japan is it similar yeah we can say the similar and uh, i'll say that according to minter survey half of south korean agree that IT trust beauty product created with a scientifically proven ingredient and mm -hmm. formulation. And interestingly, only 10% of South Koreans disagree with that. <laughs> Obviously, this is a huge number, right? So uh, I'll say that uh, scientifically proven skin beneficial claims like, you know, moisturizing, anti-aging, whitening would appeal to South Korean consumer. For mm -hmm. example, uh, clinical tests for each skin beneficial claim will work in South Korean market. And the other thing I'd like to mention is that uh, we expect that more consumer will look for expert to get a proper information rather than beauty influencers. Mm. So some scientific explanation from the expert also work uh, in the market, I think. Interesting. It's interesting that Hwajin mentioned that half of South Korean consumers trust beauty products created with scientifically proven ingredients because the percentage for that in Japan is only 36%, which is lower, and surprisingly 79% in China, which is much higher. <laughs> but Japanese consumers are still seeking for a sense of reassurance when investing in um, luxury beauty products like anti-aging products because they can be quite expensive so consumers want to have some sort of proof and know that it's worth investing in it before purchasing it interesting so COVID-19 has changed a lot of things recently uh, in many aspects of all that we do so what do you feel that the big changes uh, we, uh, will be that we should look out for in terms of uh, beauty ingredients and their development? Is it continuing to be about safety and hygiene or are there sort of wider themes appearing? Uh, and why do you think consumers are looking for those? Maybe Reiko, we can go back to you again. Uh, you just mentioned um, safety and hygiene, which is still very key in the Japanese market. Many companies are looking into antibacterial claims and how they can use them in skincare and, and also scalp care while, while maintaining a healthy balance of good bacteria on the skin. And in terms of consumers, it seems like consumers are looking for safety and hygiene in store and retailers, mm -hmm. but they're 
seeking comfort and daily protection and products and brands. So ever since the outbreak, consumers are feeling a much more stronger need to protect themselves by wearing masks, washing their hands, and also using sanitizers. Mm. But at the time they're experiencing a lot of stress so recently i spotted brands like call me which launched um, stress relieving deodorizing and antibacterial aroma sprays for face masks which consumers can use throughout the day interesting and hua jun are you seeing similar kind of uh, trends emerging in in korea yeah i'll say that our safety hygiene obviously mainstreaming in the uh, COVID-19 era uh, in South Korea also. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to point out that the, uh, the wearing mask situation, so in South Korea, wearing a facial mask in public transportation, you know, and stores is mandatory uh, recently. And wearing the facial mask may cause some skin irritation issues. So actually, mm. uh, South Korean consumer have some concern about it actually uh, reported their skin irritation issues. So uh, in beauty business, uh, soothing and anti-irritation claims are emerging right now. I'll say that. And in terms of ingredients, I mean, uh, in terms of ingredients of uh, soothing and uh, anti-irritation, I can say that a Centella Asiatica that is uh, known as a Sika uh, in South Korea beauty business, and Centella have been uh, one of the f- most famous soothing active for a few years in South Korean skincare market. And uh, still, uh, many soothing products utilize Centella as uh, a soothing active ingredient. Mm. And the other uh, botanical ingredient like tea tree and Artemisia are mainstreaming in uh, soothing products in South Korea. Interesting. Well, let's soothe our way over to Shanghai. Uh, Laurie, obviously China's... Uh, come out of the lockdown a lot earlier than many other countries. What's the situation there? Yeah, I think as you said, like, I think safety and hygiene is kind of growing its, its importance, but definitely consumers mm. they have their diversified needs. I think that's uh, just now, uh, Hua Jun mentioned about the soothing, the repair. I think that's quite similar that in Shanghai, because, and, and also I'd like to point out the Centella Asiatica. Actually, several years ago we've, uh, we introduced this as a latest trend in South Korea to China, but at that, to, at that time, Centella Asiatica in China is more about antioxidant and like anti-aging. But now, uh, several years later, we find that this ingredient is picking up again, and now it's mainly focusing on the soothing and like uh, to to help re- help you relieve some of symptoms due to wearing masks. So I think that's quite similar in the whole Asia I- Asia countries. Mm. And also, I'd like to say that uh, just now, Rico mentioned about like uh, distressing this kind of claim I, I believe that will be the next trend I think consumers they will definitely seek more benefits in beauty and personal care products to make them to, to just uh, give them kind of relief in this very stressful and really uh, uh, kind of a set, tough situations Interesting. So you're already hinting that, uh, you know, there are going to be changes in the future. So let's look more into the future as Mintel likes to do. So in Mintel's 2030 beauty and personal care trend, uh, identity traders, uh, we were talking about things like NASA farmed ingredients and looking into space for the next generation products. 
Now, what are these next generation products likely to be that are going to fall down from space onto us? And would they work well with consumers in Asia Pacific, do you think? Uh, yeah, I think that's, um, yeah, that's a very interesting topic. You know, NASA farmed ingredients. Is, it sounds so high tech. And actually, <laughs> uh, it reminds me of the one product in China, which was launched like four years ago by Jalan Group, actually a leading personal care group mm. in China. So at that time, they say that they have selected uh, a, a thousands of different uh, rose seeds. So they sent these seeds to the outer space through China's practice, practice number number 10 satellite. So due to the outer space, the environment is so different from that on Earth, uh, like the very extreme conditions like the uh, gravity level and also like the vacuum mm-hmm. kind of as uh, as uh, circumstances so uh, they they said that uh, after some time they were just sent back the seeds to uh, from mm. the satellite then cultivated mm. so after some uh, after some times only those uh, seeds they survived successfully will be transplanted to Yunnan province so that which means through this kind of uh, uh, space biotechnology they can bring the most uh, the strongest seeds botanicals which they will then be used to pers- uh, beauty products oh, I think that's a very interesting case and also very attractive kind of concept to consumers. I think uh, in the coming years, there will be more this kind of uh, 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 cases or, or these products uh, to include more this high tech or this uh, like space technology, biotechnology in the future. But I think the next generation's products, they need to have both concepts and also has very strong efficacy. So I think that's a will, will just help to keep the consumers. Uh, the thing is we need to make a concept attractive and also bring very good uh, efficacy and good uh, usage experience to consumers. Sure, oh, that's really interesting. I mean, this idea of efficacy is, is obviously really important for ingredients, but I, I, I'm interested by this idea of the concept. Uh, Hwajun, would the concept of space-formed ingredients be some that uh, South Korean consumers would be interested in? Yeah, actually, uh, I think I can introduce some interesting product that there were launches very recently in South Korea. The uh, product name is Dr. Jarut, a solar biome uh, sun cream. Actually, they claim that an ingredient called a solar biome contains two space box. Actually, those two space box were able to survive more than a year at the space station <laughs> that, you know, very harsh condition, you know. So they also claim that ingredients from these bacteria are effective in blocking ultraviolet rays. Mm. I think that this product may be a, a kind of perfect example of space concept beauty product in South Korea. And I think uh, that uh, some South Korean consumer feel that a space concept would be a little bit far from their uh, current beauty routine. Mm. And uh, however, some ingredient from uh, extreme environment, extreme condition like desert, you know, deep sea, even volcano, uh, may appeal to South Korean consumer who may think that. Uh, those ingredients have some special uh, skincare benefit. That's really interesting. Um, so, sort of extreme conditions as well. Um, Reiko, do you think uh, the Japanese 
beauty market is really sort of ready for space age ingredients or, or are they or are con, you know, consumers in Japan looking for something a bit more down to earth? I think Japan might be a bit behind on this one because I haven't seen that many hip products from local brands that are linked to space and space farming yet. I remember there was one product from Mancom, but that was, I think, two years ago. But space exploration was a talked about topic last year. After a Japanese space agency rebuilt its uh, Space Food X project, which co creates solutions for food problems in space. Mm. So I think people do see potential in, in space farm ingredients, and I'm sure there are a lot of products,、uh, projects happening beneath the surface. But at the time,、uh, for now, I haven't seen that many products yet. Of、um, products, I think it will work well with sustainability and the wellness story that the Space Food X project has already created. So, plant based solutions and engineered natural ingredients will be key. That's really interesting. And of course, there's always、uh, quite a lot of crossover between the food and the beauty realms in terms of ingredients.、Um, And I suppose another thing that、uh, COVID has taught us is that、uh, both in terms of food and beauty, we've had to do a lot of DIY at home cooking and home grooming、uh, in the past few months during lockdown. Now, do you think that people have got used to that and will continue to, to、uh, have their own DIY routines at home? Or do you think people are going to go back to how things were and, and going to salons and beauticians and so on? Or is it going to be something、uh, sort of hybrid, a mixture of the two? What are your thoughts? Maybe I'll start with,、uh, with Hua Jun. Okay,、uh, obviously,、uh, South Korean、uh, people are staying home longer than before COVID 19. And many people think that I think that this could be the next normal lifestyle in South Korea.、Mm. In beauty business,、uh, regarding that, home beauty trend is in highlight.、Uh, home beauty. Uh, may include aesthetic concepts, skincare like massage, and、um, uh, aesthetic concept healthcare,、mm. you know, including hair treatment, hair colorant, and at home beauty device like you know,、uh, LED mask for skin brightening. And DIY,、uh, DIY at home could be part of home beauty, I think.、Mm-hmm. And also, I expect that home beauty trend may continue. Uh, even after COVID 19. That's interesting. Now, when I think of DIY, I think of like, you know, drills and saws and <laughs> hammers and that sort of thing.、Um, are there, is it, do you think people are going to be looking for not just the, the, the beauty products for home,、um, whether it's hair or skincare,、uh, but also for devices? I mean, what, what do you think in, in for example, China? Is there, are we, Laurie, are you seeing people buying more at home? Beauty devices as well as products?、Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I think actually、uh, there are some. I, 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 I think I recently saw the data released by Timo. Actually, their beauty devices segment is growing really, really fast in recent、uh, two years. So I think that's really. I, I agree what Hua Jin has said about.、Uh, DIY as part of home beauty. So, yeah, you, you just now you also said about、uh, what's DIY in your mind. So, if a couple of, a, a couple of years back,、uh, maybe five or six years ago, Chinese consumers they are really doing this kind of thing. DIY at home.、Mm. So they are really based on those raw material, like、mm-hmm. uh, uh, some, some fruits, some food to put on their skin. But now they realize that it doesn't make any, 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 any it doesn't work. So, 
because they've developed a lot of knowledge on ingredients. So they also they have some concerns on hygiene and by bacteria during mm. the process of which because you're not just uh, do some cooking. <laughs> so, so I, but I think the in the future I, uh, there will be more scientific sense of DIY. So which can really in, uh, uh, have some elements of uh, hygiene and really can boost in efficacy by preserving well the active ingredients. Mm. So and also uh, I would like to say DIY as the semi DIY. So that that will <laughs> definitely continue in in the future. So they, uh, for example, uh, like the selection of active ingredients the, to to activate while while you are using it the fresh mix and also like the DIY with different fragrance types. So like, you, you know, the fragrance uh, preference can be very different because, the, uh, you know, it's very individual. So, however, uh, you know, I've seen this kind of products in China. You, you need to add some uh, capsule of uh, fragrance into the shampoo by yourself. I think that's quite a good idea. So uh, and, and, and I think it can also be linked with uh, sustainable, the product, uh, the environment uh, protection, because you don't need to pr produce a lot of different products with different fragrance type. You just need to add a, a small kind of a capsule into the products. So I think that will definitely go on in the future, but in different uh, formats. Interesting. So Reiko, do you think um, in Japan, uh, it, it, will d DIY beauty be a, a trend? And, and it, you know, perhaps expanding on what Laurie was saying, do you think there's an element of that sort of tailing, tailoring or individualization of products that uh, is going to play well in the market there? The situation here is quite similar to South Korea. So many Japanese consumers to turn to DIY beauty because they were stuck at home, had more time on their hands. But many people also realize that DIY beauty is also about self-care, self-love and self-satisfaction. So I think the trend is here to stay. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this because um, according to Intel's global consumer data, 53% of Japanese consumers said beauty routine are a good way to reduce stress. And besides that, there is also a growing interest in emotional well-being. So brands can continue to cater to these needs by offering ways to de-stress and relax more at home. And That's for true. examples, yes, brands can take inspirations from spa treatments to maximize users' experience or even give ingredients and DIY kits to boost creativity and also help consumers unleash their inner child at home <laughs> they're in a child gosh so yeah it's an interesting uh, subject this whole shift in mindset um, about well-being about moving it from just being about physical uh, well-being and physical beauty but more that sort of inner beauty inner well-being uh, mental well-being um now we, we have, of course, are seeing that shift across the region in many different aspects, not just in the beauty world, but also in terms of uh, food and drink, the kind of uh, holidays that people want, their, 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 how they de-stress after work and so on and so forth. So this is kind of leading on to the, the, the big question, if you like. Um, what do you, as the Mintel experts, think will be the next big ingredient to watch out for in beauty in Asia? And does it have something to do with that more emotional mental well-being side um, in japan last year 
We saw a lot of new products based on retinol. So I think for Japan, the next big ingredient will be safer alternatives like bakuchiyo, which hasn't hit the mainstream in Japan yet. It's quite big in、um, the US and Europe, but it's not that big in Japan yet. And there's plenty of space to experiment with bakuchiyo and also promote its anti aging benefits and wellness properties. It's also suitable for most skin types. So it could appeal to consumers with sensitive skin and people suffering from maskne,、um, the acne and skin irritation from wearing masks. And besides that, also vegan ingredients, because there has been a lot of hype around K beauty brands that claim to be vegan. So, I'm sure there are a lot of Japanese brands that are looking into that as well. Oh, that's interesting. So, vegan, as in terms of the, the contents of beauty products as well as the food,、uh, food and drink.、Uh, very interesting. So, you just mentioned that that's something that's happened in,、uh, in Korea. Hwajun, maybe you could expand on that a little bit and give us your ideas of what the big ingredients are going to be. Sure, sure. So,、uh, for South Korean market, I'd like to mention probiotics at first. Uh, based on our GMPD,、uh, around 2% of new skincare、mm. launches have probiotic claim. Yes, this is still very niche, but the important thing to me is、uh, growing year by year. So,、uh, and、uh, I'll say that skin barrier enhancement benefit and well being concept of probiotics will appeal to South Korean consumers in the near future. And second thing that I want to mention is a, a sustainably engineered、uh, ingredient. So,、uh, according to our Minton survey, a third of South Koreans have interest in beauty products that are sustainably sourced. And more interesting thing is here 23% of South Koreans have interest in sustainable synthetic ingredients. That means that、uh, chemical ingredients created in the lab. That、uh, ethically or environmental friendly way.、Mm. So I'll say that the doubts about sustainability of natural ingredients are rising. And sustainability would be one of the important criteria to choose beauty products、uh, regardless of its ingredient origin.、Mm. So、uh, the, to achieve the sustainability of the beauty ingredient, beauty product, you know, new technology like、uh, biotechnology or AI or even IT、uh, would be、uh, actively utilized in the future in South Korea. That's really interesting. So, Laurie, last but not least, over to you in Shanghai. What's the, what's the big ingredient to watch out for in China? Yeah, I agree with Hua Jin. I, really, I, I also think that the sustainability will be the next big thing. And in addition to that, I think in, a, in, in the short term,、uh, in China,、uh, the, the, key in, the big ingredients to watch will still be those scientifically improving ingredients. So, that,、uh, last year we've、uh, been talking about some emerging ingredients, but soon they have become mainstream, like what we've said about、uh, pantheno, astaxanthin, or semi white 377, etc. So, I think in the coming near future,、uh, the combination of active ingredients are introduced by those big ingredient suppliers. They will still be a very big thing. So,、uh, because they, you know, they usually come with just a very simple.、Uh, Uh, ingredients name and also they are very,、uh, which makes them easier to be remembered or communicated. 
And in China, we know that uh, the growing number of uh, indie brands, now they are very active. They directly go to those big ingredient suppliers to seek this co- uh, the cooperation and also they highlight this ingredients complex in their communication. So I think that will be uh, something, uh, still be the big thing to watch in China. That's really interesting. Fascinating stuff. Well, you've heard it from the experts. Sadly, that's all we have got time for today. If you want to know more about Mintel, who we are and what we do, head over to Mintel.com and follow us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And check out our blog for even more insights from our analysts. Thank you for listening. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you like what you've heard today, spread the word, and we will catch you next week for a new episode of Little Conversation. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Hua Jun. And thank you, Reiko. Thanks, guys. Thank you.